Hey, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Get Off Molly Geeks Podcast. And actually, I just came back from a lovely weekend in Boston, PAX East, Penny Arcade Expo East, which there's a major amounts of video games and uh, mobile, console, PC, tabletop games, which was absolutely out of this world. It was crazy. I thought New York Comic Con was pretty insane, and this was equally as insane, but just solely focused on tabletop and all kinds of video games, which was unreal. People still cosplayed to it, and people still showed up in, in ridiculous costumes that were elaborate and absolutely amazing, so that was a, a pretty fun trip. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go to the Penny Arcade Expo uh, next year and you love video games or you love tabletop, I would highly suggest it. Uh, I played New Planeswalker Magic for 2015. That was absolutely incredible. Titanfall, which was already out. Um, there were a lot of uh, new indie developers that were there that was just unbelievable and it just showed me how much I still love to play video games and how much I still love to play tabletop games of course there was Catan there was uh, King of Tokyo and of course I played Magic and for other video games we I played Super Smash Brothers with uh, my driving buddy Lou and actually Lou uh, we recorded a podcast on the way back uh, hopefully I get to put that up the audio I don't think was that great so I'm gonna try and fix that as well as I can but it was actually an extended ride-along podcast where we seriously just having a conversation in the car on the way back and we still happened to record it and it was Lou's first time at a convention of any sort so it was a brand new experience for him and it was just really excited to to just get his input on on his new world of conventions and it was just so fantastic to to have him there and it was just so much fun and hopefully you enjoy this long party episode 18 with David Crownson coming back again. That's right, uh, David Crownson from before. If you didn't listen to the last podcast, we talked about his uh, Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man Facebook fan page and also his writing and his acting. And this one, we solely jump into the acting part of it uh, because I actually just helped him. Uh, after recording this, I helped him audition for a major movie, so it was fantastic. So I helped him direct that, and it was a lot of fun. And then we sat down and we had a podcast to hash it out. We got into a little argument, which is always fun to have arguments during a podcast, but we made up, and it was a lot of fun uh, afterwards and during the fight. It, it was just a great conversation. It's always a great conversation with David Crownson. And I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, please follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. This is Get Off Milan Geeks Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Jonathan, and you can follow me at Jinobi87. You can follow my other co-host, Amanda, at Star Princess 1988 That is Instagram. And Brandon at Nerds Beware at Twitter. We will have a host full again soon. Uh, it's just been a little crazy, and I've been trying to keep up with uh, the podcast as best as I can. So I hope you guys enjoy for whoever's listening, and thank you very much. And remember, there's a bunch of other podcasts out there. Uh, there is the Couchsurfing Euro Experience. There's uh, Video Game ER, which hopefully that's, that'll be back in its full speed and soon, because that's always a lot of fun to get the breakdown of a video game. So listen to the two episodes that are there right now. Thank you very much, you guys, and enjoy the rest of your day. Game on.
what? What? And I just started looking up the characters. I'm like, oh, wait, this is, like, legit. This sequel is called, it's called Insurgent uh-huh. is the name of the movie. But I think Minerals is a, uh, is what they get injected with. Okay. It's the serum they get injected with. Yeah. But they were just calling it Minerals as, like, a secret code thing. And, yeah. How did, how did that come up to be? Like, how did, it's just a friend of a friend kind of thing? Or how did that happen? Well, this, I was looking at auditions and, you know, doing my whole, like, you know, hustling and flowing as an actor. And I saw Minerals. I'm like, all right. And then I saw the casting and I recognized one of the names. And I'm like, oh, wait, I know that girl. Maybe, you know, it's a Jewish name. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that stuff kind of goes around. So I called and it, it was her. And we just talked and caught up. I'm like, hey, you're married. That's awesome. What's going on? And, uh, you know, she's like, hey, like, I know I know what role you're calling about. I'm like, what, what role am I calling about, baby? And she's like, oh, you're calling about this. So, yeah, she just sent me the script. And, yeah. But I think, I don't know. I think every, every like, the moment I got the script, everything in my life, be- like, became challenging. Like, there was a bunch of stuff happening like personally um in my own life and you know dating wise all that stuff oh dating 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 dating. now being kind of like a a fanatic of things that are becoming pop culture now but weren't so so many years ago how did uh, the dating scene for you must have been or for us in general must have been kind of interesting in a way that you, know, <laughs> you couldn't really like uh, you couldn't find somebody who really appreciated everything that you did right well yeah I think I don't know it's cause there are some nerdy women yes oh there are a lot yes. of them and there are a lot of very attractive beautiful nerdy women mm-hmm. but they're like hard to find cause they're, yes. they're, they're like closet nerdy almost or were now not so much now they're more but mm-hmm. you know when we were in high school and oh, yeah. middle school it was t- Terrible. I couldn't tell anybody I love StarCraft. Oh, yeah. Especially a girl. I mean, like, what do you do? You sit in a computer with four other 16-year-olds in, in an attic, and you just play video games together? Like, that's so weird. So I, I never really was... I kind of, like, hid that from myself when I was dating. In hindsight, That's it's never good to hide who you are from, oh, yeah. from anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you kind of get a sense of that in, like, high school and stuff, or were you always just... I don't know, like, I, I had, because everyone's nerdy about something, because... Yeah, everyone's excited about mm-hmm. something. Yeah. But, and the same thing, like, comic books, and oh, video yeah, games. Yeah. Dude, I remember, like, in in 2001 through, through 2002, it was, this, I was, like, looking, I was anticipating that Spider-Man movie, the same, or the first one. Yeah. And it was, like, it was, for me, it was a secret you know, I would go to like Coming Soon or SuperheroHype.com and oh, I would man, like yeah. look, look it up and this girl would, would, would walk up to me and be like, hey Dave, what are you doing? I'd be like, nothing. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Switch over. Switch that over real fast, you know, and then she's like, oh, and the, it was sad because the girl knew more about sports than my, than, than I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, then when Spider-Man came out, you know, I had so many girls who were like, oh my god, Tony McGuire is so hot <laughs> with his glasses. Oh my god. Then X-Men came out and Hugh Jackman took off his shirt and had some claws. The girls were like, oh my god, he's so hot. Oh my god. Yeah, but that's a different that's a different reason to enjoy. It's still mm-hmm. good that they enjoyed it because they got a, a broad sense of people coming out and enjoying all these amazing films. But they didn't love it the same way we did. 
Oh, in, yeah. In the sense that you, you knew each character, you knew what their flaws and you knew their their strengths and stuff like that they yeah. didn't know they didn't go that oh, deep. Yeah, they're just like, like oh he's really high in the movies and oh, like yeah. re- realistic like wolverine is like this kind of shorter side of butch yeah, character he's a, he's a stocky Harry. dude yeah like he's like he's jack nicholson basically well, almost yeah he, he is combined like, with danny devito yeah he he's, <laughs> he's legit uh they asked dan lee like you know who'd you base um jane uh, uh wolverine off of he's like jack nicholson and James Dean. Interesting. Like, that's... Those were my models. The leather jacket and motorcycle and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Just, just, like, the loner. Not the because... The no-care attitude, yeah. Yeah, not, not even because of anything James Dean said, but yeah. just how he was and how he, uh... Just behavior-wise. He's like, I should make a, a, a superhero... Not a superhero, just a character based off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then, you know, James Dean died, and then he, you know, just kind of put it, like, in the back of his mind. Then he was just drawing and was... Um, I think he drew like a guy with a cowboy hat on and jacket, and he's like, I should give him claws. No, yeah, I think he was just drawing James, he was just dueling. He just drew James Dean with a hat and he kind of made him scruffy and hairy because Jack Nicholson was breaking out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And he just said, I should give him claws. <laughs> Let me just give this dude some claws. Yeah, and but, it was originally Bone Claws, it was in mm-hmm. the Antimania. Yeah. Antimania, uh, whatever, I can't even say it. But, I don't know, man, but, but as far as dating goes, uh, now, g- uh, girls are kind of coming out more about it. Like they're I, liking walk, like Walking Dead. They're liking Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They're liking you know the Avengers, the mm-hmm. Iron Man, the Thor's. Yeah, I had a Captain girl. America. I just found out a girl I dated. Uh, <laughs> funny, we're broken up now. We, we kind of we we were hanging out as friends, and she said, you know, uh, I just saw like an old sign. Remember that old. Uh, computer game it was like Diablo or something like that I love Diablo it was a great game yeah she's like oh I used to play that all the time when I was in school and I still play it when I'm bored I'm like what <laughs> Diablo was a great game it was it was kind of um, it was another Blizzard game which mm. kind of like the Starcraft and Warcraft and Diablo were kind of the main things that I played at as a child and it was <laughs> amazing and that's what I spent a lot of my time doing that instead of like you probably spending. played her at one point <laughs> probably yeah. yeah actually one of the girls I dated um, in high school was a very big video game uh, fanatic and I, we just we got along so well like we played Super Smash Brothers together with her friends and we, sometimes we still play Super Smash Brothers together even though we're not together anymore and it's uh-huh. actually a lot of fun she came on the podcast earlier in uh, 2013 or late 2013 but it was just great that she's still really and it was just the first time that the only time I could actually seriously nerd out on certain things like Starcraft like Diablo and stuff. So I was just like, oh man, this is great. This is, yeah, for obvious reasons, we're not together anymore. But it was a, a moment of clarity where I was like, I can be who I am when I'm dating somebody. Yeah. And I think that's a really big thing because just be who you are regardless of if you're nerdy about comic books or whatever. But exactly. That's one of the main, most important things about dating someone is just like you have an under, not the same level of appreciation, but at least an understanding. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, the girl I was telling you about, she bought me as a gift just a Spider-Man comic book. That's pretty uh, awesome. An, ult- an ultimate Spider-Man comic book. Not a graphic novel. Like, you know, she just went in and just was like, oh, I'll get this for him, you know, um, which I, I really appreciated and was thankful and, and grateful that she did that, you know, and 
Um, but, you know, so there were some flaws. Like, I think I had uh, a girl I was dating. Uh, on my Facebook, I had a cover photo of, like, Spider-Man. Uh-huh. You know, it was a painting. It was a Al- Alex Ross-esque painting. Oh, nice. Of uh, the, the new Ultimate Spider-Man by, by Stephen uh, Defendini. Amazing... Uh, 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 shit, um, illustrator, an amazing illustrator, so good at what he does. Um, I'm gonna buy it, Stephen. I promise. It's four hundred dollars, but it's worth it. I'm gonna buy it and put it in my living room. You said this is the new Spider-Man in, in the Ultimate Spider-Man line. Yes, uh, Miles Morales. My, Miles Morales, and um, yeah, we'll talk more about that because I know you're heavily involved. In, oh yes, in, I am. In, we'll get in into that. Whole that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, this is the second time you were in this podcast, so it's we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, we, we for most it. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I kind of want people to know more yourself as a person in the sense that you know we do work together a lot and uh you audition for stuff and i'm more than happy to help you record it even though sometimes <laughs> we're, we're at each other's throats or, i don't think we're at i mean like you might be at my throat and i'm like just be like i'm like i because okay um I, I am an actor uh and a writer and all that jazz, and sometimes I get called into audition for films in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, uh, they do not uh, fly you out unless it's a callback audition. Um, so I had to put myself on tape. So I put myself on tape and missed and how, so, and so these these tape auditions, mm-hmm. how do they work out? Uh, are they better or worse what are the pros and cons of not physically being there compared to just being something on tape well personally i love uh, i love that we work together i have tons of fun i love that you know we get well we to... say a lot of racist jokes to one another so. <laughs> do it again dude but better diction those big lips are getting in the way of the, <laughs> of the pronunciation i never said that <laughs> every other racial slur yes but i never made fun of his lips <laughs> so is there is there a benefit or is there a not so much benefit of I, having your a videotape or something on YouTube or, or comparative physically being in front of the casting director? The benefit is, you know, if I'm I don't know when I first start, I'm I get it's a mixture of emotions. Like I'm nervous, I'm excited. This is when this is when we're when when I'm in the room, and I might not because I'm so nervous and excited and my ambitions might get in the way of me just trying to be the person Mm -hmm. and be as present as that character that I might, you know, go over or my energy might go under what isn't required of the scene. And, you know, if I do that with you, you you can call me out and say, hey, man, um, suck less or something like that. He he doesn't say that. Um, I do say that. (laughs) You can just say, hey, by the way, you might want to pick pick it up a bit more your energy is a bit flat. Uh, And then, you know, you and I... I actually give you direction. Yeah, we can talk about it. With them, um, not all the time. Sometimes they like me a lot, which is all the time. (laughs) I'm a charming, I'm a charming, full-grown German shepherd. Um... And they'll give me... As I shake my head <laughs> and roll my eyes. He is literally S-M-H and R-O-ing. I mean, R-I-ing. Oh, shit. R- I- I- That's oh, enough. R-E-ing. Rolling eyes. Sandy Bonics. 
<laughs> but, you know, um, with you, I can, we can talk about it. You can give me direction. Sometimes with the with them, they might not give me direction. But, you know, that's like a pro. But a little bit of a con. I, I like to go in the room and just, you know... Uh, uh, w- w- sometimes when we have to put it on tape, I have to stress about like like for the for example for this audition, you know uh, I had to find a place for us to film, mm-hmm. and I had booked space. Uh, I spoke to like my old high school, my old acting teachers from high school. I said, "Hey, can I use like the theater to film myself for an audition?" And they were like, "Yeah, of course." Then two seconds later, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's not happening." So I'm like, oh man, I, I kind of was freaking out a little bit, and, and you know, was stressing out, um, like trying to find a place, and then uh, trying to find a place, and then a bunch of things were happening. You know, got a flat tire, and had some family stuff happening, and it just everything was just crumbling a little. So bit. originally, we were supposed to start this at noon, and yep. uh, we started at five. <laughs> <laughs> It's that CP time. CP time has never been in effect more so than it was today. All right, let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. Listen, when you tell somebody noon, I get it that there's CP time. Like twelve thirty. Not even twelve thirty one the most. But I'm ready at noon, and I'm just like, all right. And then you're like two. I'm like, okay, cool. Three. Four. <laughs> then I'm waiting around, and it's five, and I'm just like, oh, man, I just, what is happening? Oh, wait, no, because, well, the reason, okay, so I had, to, I had some car issues, everyone. I got a flat tire, thanks to my beautiful, wonderful sister, who told me late that, that there was a flat tire, and I kind of had to rush around to get the exact tire, because if you have a car that's in in 1999, you have to look around for that tire. Um, so we had to go all the way to Ringo's Flemington, New Jersey. And my mom was kind of taking her time. My mother was being great, trying to help me out. And then um, my reader for the audition got sick. So I'm like, oh, I gotta... F-. I'm like, hey, John, guess what? You gotta read and, and uh, film at the same time. Which I do not like to do. And he doesn't like to do do it because so. it just it takes away from it i'm trying to see how you're doing uh, but i'm so busy looking at my lines that i can't see how your performance is and it's just well you bet you better multitask brother you got a multitask no, but, I, but you know i i am aware that you know the last three times we've done this you've all <laughs> you've always like filmed and had lines so i'm like all right let me help him out you oh, know. thank you. Thank yeah. you for trying to help me out. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. I was legit. That was like a legit thing. It'll help me out too. Yeah, no, no. no. You know, it'll help the process. Not just you, but like, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. It's about what are us. We in second grade where everyone it's gets a medal. Us. It's about us. Collectively, us. A collective group as called yes. the Borg. And let's see what happens. No, there's with something. That. No, I, I stole that line from Tom Cruise. Because Tom Cruise is a smart man. He was talking about movies and all that from stuff. From New Jersey. From Jersey. Greenbrook. I know, Glenridge. I'm not, not, not Greenbrook. Glenridge. Um, he just said, you know, hey, when it comes to doing movies, you know, it's an ensemble at the, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm not the lead. I mean, I, I have a little bit more scenes than uh, 
than whoever's in it, but it's an ensemble. It's not about me. It's not about her. It's not about him. It's about us. And, you know, it's about this crew, this team, you know? So you have to do what works better for the team. And if you make someone else's life better, your life becomes better, you know? Yeah, no, and it's, it's it's a team effort, obviously, with the more help, it's going to be easier, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that go into this process. Um, if it was just the two of us, I, that, that wouldn't have bothered me as well, but I'm just saying it just makes hard life a little easier when there are other people to, to help, and we have done a few of these. We've done like six or seven, or have we gone to the double digits yet? Uh, let's see, the first one was first one was for that one TV show then the other one was for a movie and we didn't do one for a while after that yeah I think I was in my own world at yeah that time yeah I was lost I was a lost child and then the last one we did but essentially we've done these and we've done a lot we've done, like, we've done five yeah, we've done this a few of them, five. and I remember remember when before I had the equipment and we would do it on my iPhone. Oh yeah! Oh wait, no, we've done more than. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the. the we I think okay the six. So you had the iPhone. The iPhone and, and John, since we we couldn't find a reader and John had to read the lines for the first time we did it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was tapping. Uh, the first time, the first time ever that we did it. We had to, um, uh, you be, I was at your old apartment, uh, in Somerville, and John, you put, you took the script and you put, you put a tape on the screen, <laughs> on like the ceiling, and you were like, you were like, <laughs> I had to literally take my hand out, yeah, like the, the iPhone. Yeah, the iPhone, like, I'm looking, that, up, and reading. looking up and reading. It was hilarious. And then I got a flat. Wow, I got a flat tire that night. You, you always get flats. Apparently, it's like a thing you do. Oh man, I gotta fix that. <laughs> mm. But it's fun. I think this whole process is just hysterical. And <laughs> yes, I do get frustrated. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I can sense it. I'm I just s- like, I just want to get this over with. <laughs> I sense it, and I, and I think you need to. I mean, yes, I want to get over with two. Um, I don't want, I, I want my director, you know, to be happy with whatever I do, but, you know, as a, a note, because I know you've given me lots of notes, friend. I swear to God, if you have to do anything with my timing, I will slap you right here, <laughs> because waiting five hours to you do You've been here for five hours? No, I have not been here for five hours, uh, but we're I was going to slap you if you've been here for five hours, like, you should have booked this, you should have came in here, mother lover. <laughs> If I tell you, hey, I'm going to come over at noon and show up at 7 p.m., you'll be like, what in the hell? Listen, okay, I didn't have a car. I had a flat tire. All and right? you wanted it done by Wednesday. Yes. I'm a slave worker. This was happening. Listen, there's something hilarious everyone should know, okay? Uh, when everyone was saying, no, Dave, we can't do this on, uh, tomorrow, on Monday for you anymore, I was like, damn, okay. Everyone, ever, but my friends at 
RVCC and my friends at Votech were like, hey, you know what would be a, a better day for you to come and do this? I'm like, what? Tuesday! And guess what? John couldn't come on Tuesday. John kept saying, listen, man, I can't do it on Tuesday. Sorry. I was like, what? Hey, but you wanted it by Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Despite, I'm not going to give you the video now. What? I, I will rob you and I will get someone else to edit this. I'll figure it out myself. I will do our movie tonight, brother. I'll rob you blind. But just give me the password and everything. <laughs> Swear it down before I rob you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, so there was... In a, back to what we were talking about. Oh, I didn't finish what I was saying with the whole Spider-Man thing. Um, but, you know, with... I did, The last girl I dated, her brother... She was, like, showing her brother's... You know, oh, this is this is my man. This is who I'm dating. It's a black chick. And her brother, you know, makes fun of me because I had a... a Spider-Man as my cover photo. So he doesn't even recall me David. He's just like, oh, how's Spider-Man doing? You know? <laughs> how's Spider-Man? How's he doing? You know? But I'm like, I'm like, ah, whatever. And then I think even same thing happened with my other friends. Like, they call him um, Doctor Who because he's big on, like, Doc... I don't watch Doctor Who. That's a shame. Um, I don't know. This is... Uh, no, not because I have no... It just... I never... It, it never... We never crossed paths. You know? Never, I see cro never cross time streams for everybody who watches Doctor Who would understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a thing. But I think in the end, you have to respect, you know, people's passions. Like what's it called? This comedian was talking about nerds or whatever. He's like Kanye West is a nerd because nerds like specific things. <clears throat> Kanye West likes teddy bears and robots. He's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's specific things. Well, there's a definition of geek is to over be overly excited about something, um, geeking out, geeking out, and and it's you know I remember looking knives up chow, and, and I feel like <laughs> knives chow. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, so good. Uh, they were trying to make a sequel and they refused to. Thank God, you can't make a sequel to that. No, there's no sequel needed for that movie. It's I, done. I think it's. They're gonna, I think they're gonna do a prequel. No, because there's, there's a whole there's, other there's thing a story that happened before that. Yeah. yeah, they like started it weirdly. They go into how her and him and the drummer dated. Yeah, and how he actually beat up a hundred people. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to yeah. fight a hundred guys with, with fire breathing out of their mouths, and then I had to fight nine other guys to get to her. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At first, we thought it was a throw. I, when I watched the movie, I thought, oh, that's, is that like a throwaway line? Is that a joke? That I read the comic book. It is an actual thing. Yeah, it actually <laughs> happens, which is pretty cool and yeah, so. pretty. It was pretty exciting to see that. Mm -hmm. um, no, yeah, it's just, you know, be into what you want to be into. Uh, I think that's the main thing. A lot of people are, are res getting respect of one another in conventions and stuff like that. And I think that's why it's being more popular and mainstream. And it's cool because now I'm meeting, like, these incredible people um, who love the same thing. And I feel like it gets older when you're older. Uh, it gets better when you're older because you could find people specifically that like the same stuff that you do. Mm -hmm. um, because high school is so small, and there's like a, a huge video of Will Wheaton giving a speech of how he was called a nerd in high school, and then he told like this person or the audience member that it gets better when it's older because when you're older, uh, you find more people that are into the same thing, and your high school is so small, and there's so many different people that not might not 
like the same thing as you might find one person, but in the real world you might find thousands. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, it was really cool, and that was a really great video. And that is on the Get Off Lawn Geeks podcast Facebook page on the timeline. So if anyone wants to see it, plug go plug, there. Plug, yeah, this is the podcast. Plug, this is the Get Off Lawn Geeks podcast. Um, and I'm sitting here with David. Crownson. You wanted to say David M.F. Crownson so badly. <laughs> I saw you. I'm sitting with David saw it. Crownson. <laughs> I like saw it in yeah. You can follow him at Twitter at D Crown. D Crownson. D Crownson. And uh, I, I uh, know just just D Crownson. D Crownson. And I'm on Insta Pimpstagram. I call it Pimpstagram. And you're also on Vine too, right? I'm on Vine. I ha- I haven't done a Vine in a while. Are you so Vine famous? I, I am Vine famous. <laughs> Um, because of that one, th- I don't know if you, you've seen it. I've seen that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did, like, one, I think I did two more, but I have been so busy. Even people are, like, talking to me on Vine, like, yo, you should do more Vines, yo, do more Vines. But, you know, I think, I think Vines, like, you have to be really creative to do a Vine. A short amount of time it's, it's to make a video. seconds. It is ridiculous. I don't know if that's something to say about our attention span now, but... You gotta be very creative to keep people's attention for six seconds. That's a little scary. Yeah, man. Like the guy who got me to uh, Andrew Marbach is his name. He's Vine famous. He's like like almost three hundred thousand followers. What's his Vine? They're all they're all they're all hilarious. No, I'm saying what's his Vine uh, username? Um, it's okay. Sorry, Andrew. I don't know, but you can if you just type in Andrew Marbach. You know, he's been on Ellen. Really? Yeah, he's been on Tosh 2.0. Um, so, he's Vine famous. Like, he gets recognized when he goes out and all that stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You gotta be very consistent with that. It's kind of like YouTubers, um, people who are famous YouTube people. Mm-hmm. They need they do, they have to do it at a certain time every week or multiple times in a week to stay consistent and to for, so people don't forget about you and don't get contests. It's like a constant thing. It's... Not yeah. a part-time job kind of thing. It's like a full-time no, he, job, he and does, it's pretty insane. Yeah, he does one every like two to three weeks. He does a new one. Yeah, so it's you gotta be very creative for those things. But it's kind of like people who are who are Twitter. Yeah, Dude. I think uh, he just keeps it. Um, he keeps it. He does a new one every two to three weeks, and he, he he's just. He's just, he's just ridiculously consistent, and sometimes he'll just. Uh, I was there sitting with him. He's like, "Let's think of a new vine." Or sometimes they just come to him like that. Yeah. Like one time I had a vine, or they can be very. They can be like puns. Like one thing we him and I did. We finished our vine about black ice, which you can look it up. It's hilarious, and I'll spoil this vine for y'all. I was getting ready to leave, and I was like, "All right, guys, I'm about to roll out." Then I said, wouldn't it be funny if I, like, legit, like, said I'm about to roll out, then I just rolled down the the, the driveway? And we were like, that should be a vine. Hey, let's do it! <laughs> and then we just did that, and then I rolled down his driveway. It, it, it was funny at first, but it was during the snow and all that stuff, so I was, like, wet, like, all over here. It was worth the vine, the it vine was, views. It was, it was worth the, the, the vine views views <laughs> that's tongue that's a tongue twister Vine views <laughs> but yeah i mean i love it and i respect it so in instagram what kind of so in instagram what kind of things do you like to to post while you're on instagram uh just 
life stuff, you know, my nephew and all that stuff who I love and he's adorable. This and is becoming your little geek project? Yes. Yeah, I gave him like um my sister tries to uh um protect it from him, but he will love it. <laughs> he will like all of it. I'm like, Dora, do you want him to like Spider Man or Kim Kardashian? You know, make up your point. Like like make up your mind. He ain't gonna love no damn Kim Kardashian as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he can love her booty, but he can't love, you know, her fashion, all that stuff. Hell no, he's gonna love some Spider Man. He's gonna love some Peter Parker. Actually, no, some Miles Morales. There we go. That's better. So wait, so in, in obviously this is talking about the future, but do you want your the next generation of you to also like the same things? Of course. But what if it's forced? What if they don't like the same things as you do? Well, the funny thing is, my dad, when I was in kindergarten, bought me a ton of comic books. Okay. And I hated comic books when he first bought them for me. I'm like, oh, I gotta read each panel? That's so stupid. They should just make... I just thought it was dumb. You know, I was like, this comic books are stupid. Dad, why, why would you waste your money on this? I think, I think my dad's spent the money because um, Superman had just died. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good few comics and even though oh, yeah. his return was great. And oh, yeah, in my, between that was pretty cool too. Yeah, my dad bought me the death of Superman and the whole funeral of Superman. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you still have those? Um, no. I have death up but the funeral ones are missing. Oh, okay. And they're kind of like torn apart because he was buying them from like week to week. Yeah. Um, the return, I bought return by myself because that's when I was getting into comic books. Yeah. Uh, but my dad was like, yeah, this is going to be worth a lot of money someday because Superman just died. Like, it was everywhere. Like, yeah, it was it's like, insane. Yeah. Like, when Doomsday, you know, yeah. defeated him, it was pretty yeah, I, crazy. I remember they, they, they acted like a real person died. <laughs> like, it was all over the news. Like, a damn real person had just uh, passed away. Um. So, what's it called? And I just didn't get into it. Then a couple of years later, I just, I don't know, I just started to get into it. You know, because actually, because they, they started to make movies out of these comic books. And I think X-Men came out, and I grew up watching the X-Men TV series, and I was like, wow, that, that looks cool. Like, oh, they gave him... The him... 90s Spider-Man and 90s X-Men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know all the sound effects. Do you know what I'm still waiting for them to do live action, which will never happen, and one of them might happen, but I really want Street Sharks to be live action. Wait, what do we like? Street Street Sharks? Remember those? Oh yeah! (laughs) Oh no, they 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 were going to to, uh, do them. They they did they decided to do something else that was more '90s. For 90s kids. Um, I remember Street Sharks. It came on like right after Ninja Turtles. It was all that so stuff. good. And then, the, yeah, the 90s Ninja Turtles are absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I really wanted them to do Captain Planet. They're, yeah, they're, they're doing Captain Planet. Yeah. Not not the Don Cheeto one that you've seen on co- like uh, College Humor. They're like legit doing a uh, Captain Planet. That's so awesome. Uh, like movie and all that stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, I gotta look that up. That's yeah, actually pretty up. cool. I really liked Captain Planet as a kid. I was like, yeah. Earth, fire, wind, water, heart, go planet. <laughs> Gaia, save us. <laughs> it was pretty funny because uh, 
it was a environmental show that I didn't really realize at the time. Yeah, me neither. That <laughs> as a kid, I was like, bring pollution down to zero, yay! <laughs> while, I'm eating, <laughs> while eating McDonald's, like, you can throw in the wrapper on the floor. We're like, the planet tears! <laughs> you can be one too! Because saving our planet is a thing to do. <laughs> Looting and polluting is not the way. Here's what Captain Planet has to say. And I forget what Captain Planet says. <laughs> uh, you know, that's hysterical that you remember that. That's actually really good. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, man. Uh, it's, there's so many things. I'm not saying that the, there's not television shows now that aren't as awesome, but just those 90s meant more to us than they do now. Now they have really cool shows, like Adventure Time is awesome. I love that television show. Oh, yeah. Is that the one? Uh, I, I have... I haven't been watching. With the dog and, and the it's human a, and the imaginary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's weird. I still don't understand how this is a kid show. <laughs> yeah, because it was it, on. It is so weird. It's on at midnight on no. like Adult Swim sometimes. No no, 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 no. That's Cartoon. It's, it's on. It's on Cartoon Network. Oh. And it's on like 4 p.m. whenever all the kids are home and they're watching television. Yeah, I, I see and it then. It then I see it like so out later on. Weird. But it is awesome. It is such a great show, and they're they're all um, they have fifty two episodes now on Netflix. So if you want to see Adventure Time on Netflix, and again, yeah, I, someone told me it's like, yo man, some crazy stuff happened on Adventure Time. I can't even tell you because it'll spoil it for you. It I'm is, like, spoil it? Like, what is this lost? <laughs> it is, it's pretty insane. Have you been? Yeah, any other '90s or '90s shows that you really were into that you wish that you could see a live action? Gargoyles, <laughs> Beetleborgs, like a movie, <laughs> like a like a legit Chris Nolan Beetleborgs, <laughs> big bad Beetleborgs, <laughs> Beetlebinders. <laughs> they they like a cell phone, cinescope. <laughs> no, they're actually the one. There was one ninety show. They're doing a live action Powerpuff Girls movie. That's gonna be interesting. Oh yes, I can't wait for that. <laughs> it's so funny that the now they're gearing towards because before then I feel like there were a lot of eighties cool things that they do live action for the people the next generation above us or whatever. But now they're taking all the things that we grew up with because now we're the adults and we're go see these things. Um, so I think that's a pretty cool transition of how the last few mm-hmm. decades have worked with, with movies because you had the 80s action like super like soon we'll have live action Spongebob oh god that'd be crazy what do you think of um, this new Ninja Turtles I don't know I don't know I when first take when I saw the, the trailer uh-huh. I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with it I just I don't want anything to do with it at all like I don't want to watch it I thought the trailer was dumb, and I thought the uh, the CGI was r- ridiculous. And yeah, the I'm... only good thing I liked about it was the joke at the very end, where Michelangelo said his joke about the mask, where he was just like, "It's just a mask," and he takes it off, and it's yeah. still him in a turtle head, and she passes out. I don't like Michael Bay. Uh, the only thing I liked him was in Bad Boys Two. And, and like the first Transformers. First Transformers, Megan Fox, I could April O'Neil doesn't really mix well in my got, stomach. Should have got Anna Kendrick. That would have been awesome. But Anna Kendrick wanted apparently. Well, no, they didn't even like. No, one was something messed up. They did actually test screen 
Anna, Anna Kendrick and Olivia Thurby. Mm-hmm. You know Olivia Thurby? Yeah. Um, they test screened them. And then they... And I'm like, all right, cool. Anna Kendrick's got this. Or if Olivia Thurby gets it, that's cool. She can act. Then out of nowhere, <laughs> Megan Fox. I was like, oh, I wonder what she's going to be. They're like April O'Neil. I'm like, what? <laughs> Freaked out. Like, meltdown. I think all, everyone lost it. I just couldn't when they were saying so when this project was it a year ago they were talking about that Michael Bay didn't want it to be uh, the ooze they wanted it to be aliens yeah he wanted them to be to be rocketed from a dying planet <sighs> teenage no not no he, he was gonna call a lot of people get mad when they were like he was he was he was gonna call the movie just Ninja Turtles which I'm actually fine with which would have been perfectly fine you know it was like, no you gotta put the teenage mutant I'm like no. Like I think I I wrote a Ninja Turtles movie a couple years ago, but it was like them like older, not like like they're like seventeen, eighteen in the movies, but like in my movie they're they're all in their twenties. So my I, I call it Ninja Turtles, and this was around the time Two Towers came out, Lord okay. of the Rings. Yeah. And I was and I after watching Two Towers, I was like, yo, I should write a Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie, and I should get Peter Jackson to, to direct the Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie and use motion capture to make the turtles. That was like my idea when I was, you know, 16. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make this movie. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and then... But that was, a, that was a time when Ninja Turtles wasn't popular. There was like a segment between the 90s, I think 2000s weren't very... Ninja Turtles weren't very popular. And then just recently, not too long ago... Not too long ago... Became very popular again. Like there was a new animated series on Nickelodeon. Yeah, the Nickelodeon thing very well. well. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. And I just I feel like Michael Bay version isn't gonna be as awesome as it should be. And it, you know it's a shame because there's a lot of stuff that should be brought into it. Uh, what's it called with the well I think yeah th- they were trying to make an animated uh, CGI Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. uh, but then it, it, and John Woo was supposed to like do it John Woo freaking face off John Woo it would have been shell off um, was supposed to do it and I was like I don't know how I feel about John Woo doing okay like I'll, I'll take it and it looks terrible, by the way. Um, then they said, all right, we'll make a TV series out of what you just did. looked awful, so they, they, they scrapped the whole project. And they've been struggling for years until that Nickelodeon show came out. You know, and, and then they said, okay. But I think, you know, the creators, like Peter Laird and all those guys, like they said, like, hey, we kind of wish you guys would do what we did. You know, do, like, have some balls, do an R-rated into Charles movie. You'll make a lot of money. It'll be awesome. Because the comic books are very dark. Yeah, I went back to read it, and there's a reason why uh, Leonardo has two damn swords. He shanks people. Yeah. All right, like they legit and like like the the shredder like like 
kind of they they're fighting the Shredder and all that stuff, and he's like cutting them and like cutting their faces, like they all have like scars and bruises and all that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty intense. You know, and like legit, like they are trained how to, like not 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 in the arts of ninja. They're trained how to mess people up. Yeah, like they're trained how to kill people. They were like assassins. Mm-hmm. You think they're they're vigilants and all yeah. that stuff, but. I don't know. I kind of wish they would. I, I think you can make it violent and make it aggressive and still maintain the the personality. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Every, each one of them could have their own personality, mm-hmm. but it still could be the same mm-hmm. level of, of violence. Look at Avengers and mm-hmm. look how much massive violence there was in that movie, mm-hmm. and it still brought it true to itself. Mm-hmm. They could definitely do the same thing. With yeah. It. I think Tarantino. They Tarantino wanted to do the Peter Laird thing, but he's. But I think he said. I don't know if I could do... I'll write the screenplay, but I don't want to direct it. <laughs> he's like, why? Because I, I don't know how to... I'm not the guy to do special effects. You know, he says, I'm getting ready to do a movie called Kill Bill. It'll be my first time doing uh, things with action. And we'll see how that goes. It was amazing if no one saw Kill Bill. <laughs> one or two. One and two. They're amazing movies. I think from all his movies are amazing my opinion except for um I dis respectfully disagree I don't I'm not a fan of um Jackie Brown no no Jackie Brown well Jackie Brown I, I, I like Samuel L. Jackson in Jackie Brown <laughs> Samuel Samuel L. Jackson like and Robert De Niro do it for me in Jackie Brown this is just some stuff is hilarious um what does it for me the only the film that I'm kind of like eh, Tarantino is uh, Inglorious Bastards. What? Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, I mean, I gotta watch it because the first time I knew I was in trouble because when I watched it, I fell asleep. Did you watch it in theaters? Or did you watch it no, on I, DVD? I on DVD uh, when I was at home. Or legally? Which one? Which one did you really do? It was. It was <laughs> I should slap you on principle alone. No, I, I rented it. I red boxed it. And, yeah, I was like, all right, everyone's like, the best Tarantino movie ever. Yeah, I'm so excited for this. Start the movie out. I write lots of dialogue. That's cool. That's why I see Tarantino movies. Not for violence. I see it for his dialogue. Mm-hmm. The no, man, he has great, great dialogue. Man can write. Him and Kevin Smith, they they know what to do with dialogue. I just wish Kevin Smith was a better director. I, I wish Kevin Smith would stop smoking weed. I wish Kevin Smith just stopped being who he is now and... Remember how he was during Dogma? <laughs> Let's go. No, we have to go way back. The, remember who he was during Chasing Amy? No, I like Clerks 2 a lot, actually. I think that's my favorite of his. It's Clerks 2, Clerks, and Chasing Amy. Everything else is, you know, self important nonsense. I really like Clerks. I thought the first one was good. I just really liked the whole premise of it and I also really like Mallrats I thought that was hysterical I haven't seen Mallrats that was a good one that was a good one Chasing Amy was great yeah Chasing Amy was one. the best one um, Jay, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was just oh, absolutely that, that was ridiculous fun. that's fun that was just a funny just dumb movie which made fun of Batman and Robin which was the worst comic book hero except Howard the Duck but besides that I think Batman and Robin was the worst superhero movie ever <laughs> Fun fact, everybody. Um, the the well, me me and John just finished um, 
recording my audition for Divergent 2, and uh, it was <laughs> it was a fun script, a very fun script. Um, you, you can hear how how I feel about the script in my voice, but the writer was Akiva Goldsman, who wrote Batman and Robin <laughs> of the <this> screenplay. <laughs> he wrote Batman and Robin, and and what's messed up, he has an Oscar for writing A Beautiful Mind. Which is a fantastic movie. He co-wrote the movie with Ron Howard and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe co-wrote the movie and said and didn't want credit for it. Stupid Russell Crowe. Very dumb of him. He already has enough Oscars. He's good. He has, he has one. More than Gladiator. Some people have zero. This is true. That deserve one, at least. This is Leo. true. Uh, DiCaprio deserves it. DiCaprio should have won for Django Unchained. Yeah, that was he a should, great. Should have won and should have been nominated. Great role. You know, like, yeah, like I, I think I liked, I liked that better than Wolf of Wall, Wolf of Wall Street. Did I'm, you see it? I, yeah, I hated Wolf of Wall Street. Really? What'd you hate about it? it? For me, like, I don't know. It just, no, I, it just was like, sex, coke, drugs, repeat, sex, drugs, coke, repeat, and we didn't really get to. If you put a nice beat behind that, that would have been absolutely amazing. <laughs> Sex, drugs, coke, repeat. 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 Alright, we got into like 80s, 70s. I don't know what happened. I said sex, drugs, coke, repeat. I said sex, drugs, no, it just, it just, the energy was more about, look at all, look at all the sex I had, look at all the coke I did. And all the money I'm making. Uh, yeah, and it just, just kind of, just like, very, like, masturbatory nonsense. Not like, I wanted almost the energy I got from watching the social network. Man, that, like, every time. Yeah. yeah. That language and dialogue and the pacing, I wanted that. I'm like, yeah, I understand you, you you did some coke, but like, I want to know what these guys are saying to to each other. Like, I can't like I can't quote Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I can't quote it. I, I I base movie on how I love it by can I quote it afterwards? Did it leave that much of an impression afterwards? Exactly. That you quote it? Yeah. Like the that only thing sense. that that's great is you know DiCaprio gets. Uh, when he does the drugs and he can't move and he is like he's like all drugged out like you know name movies you walk out of you can quote at least two or three lines like for example you're gonna have to dream a little bigger there darling <laughs> uh what's it called um uh oh you think darkness is your ally I was born in the dark <laughs> molded by it I didn't see the light till I was a man, and by then it was nothing but to me but blinding. Swear to me. You know, you, you, you quote those movies. You walk out quoting those movies. Uh, but, like, I just, I, I couldn't, I can quote The Departed. Yeah. Like, I can quote that movie. I, I couldn't quote Wolf of Wall Street. It was a little different. I think that's just, like, you know, just Oscars was just... It's the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. There's a formula to what Oscars nominated and winning movies have to be. And do yeah. you think that's a kind of an old way of thinking now? Yeah, dude, I think personally, the last time I saw movies that I'm like, that movie's nominated because it's a legit great movie was in 2010, 2011. 
for Social Network and Inception. Yeah, but it didn't win. King's Speech won. Yeah, King King Speech won. Yeah, you know, Inception was typical time period. Yeah, because it's it's don't get me wrong, Colin Firth did an amazing job. He definitely deserved it. Oh no, he did amazing, but I think he did better in a single man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think he was so much better in a single man than he was at the King's Speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fashion designer directed a single man. (laughs) That was his first movie. It was amazing. You ever seen the movie? Uh, Yeah, I've seen it. It was so good. I remember leaving the theater going like, "Man, this movie was insane." Yeah, it's a sad ass movie. But um, Inception and uh, Social Network. I don't know. I feel like the Social Network was over the Academy's head. Like they just didn't understand. It was it. a young. It was for because it was for, but like, <sighs> David Fincher made that. Like just when I first heard about, it, I'm like, this, this, this movie's gonna fail. I'm like, a movie about Facebook. It's directed by David Fincher, who I love. Mm-hmm. It's written by the guy who wrote and created The West Wing, mm-hmm. and it's starring Justin Timberlake and Jesse Eisenberg. I'm like, this movie's gonna fail. It's gonna be an awful movie. Dude, you can find 20 bad reviews for The King's Speech. Yeah. For Social Network, I didn't find one bad review. It was great. Everything was A or A minus. It was those movies where you take that moment in time and you pop it in. That was that moment in time. Like, they just ripped a piece off history and be like, this is what happened here, and this is how it molded the world, essentially, afterwards. Uh, and those are the kind of movies that I think should win. It's like the ones that take a moment in time, or, or even more mm-hmm. so than that, takes you out of time itself or out of your own element and really, mm-hmm. really bring out something special. This whole time period, yes, it's cool, it takes you out, but I just feel like that's what they like. Yeah. Like, even 12 Years of Slave. Don't get me wrong, it was a great mm-hmm. movie. Time period. Where it's just... Oh, did you hear the controversy about that? No. Uh, so, a week... Not even a week. Like, three days after, it wins an Oscar. 12 Years a Slave. Um, the... What's it called? These two people who didn't... They went nameless during the LA Times. They said, oh, we didn't... We haven't seen 12 Years a Slave. We just voted for it. These are Academy members. We just voted for it because we thought it would be good socially. Nice. They all haven't right. seen the movie. <laughs> I I just think it's all politics, and you I really know? don't take. I think they were afraid to see it because they they thought it'd be too hard to watch. <laughs> well, you've never seen Precious? That movie was hard to watch. Oh yeah, you and me saw that. We were crying like like babies. That was a tough movie, man. Yeah, I was. Cr- and like, but the good thing about it, it was an intense movie. But I, there were moments I was laughing during that movie. Yeah, definitely. Laughing good and hard. And then like you know, I haven't cried in a movie since that movie. No, yeah, yeah I haven't. I either. like, but just the tears, just like, like it wasn't even like bawling. Like it was, it was just just felt the pain like you just felt it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of surprised Fruitville didn't even get like anything anything <laughs> like Michael I was like Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan and what's the director's name he's also really young and really popular uh, I think it's Dwayne Googler oh man I forget his name yeah but I think that was a fantastic movie that was a great movie I I am mad because 
I, I actually no, that's not true. I, I I cried during that at the end of Fruitvale Station. That was crazy. I cried. I bawled at the end of Fruitvale, and I hmm, I just remember that I was like, as a black actor, <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> yes, I know it's hard. With my, you know. I don't see color, David. <laughs> but you know, I see what's on the inside. Oh. Negro, please. <laughs> It'd be like Kano, just rip your heart out. Uh, I see who you are. Uh, 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 Mortal Kombat Legacy. So we'll get back to this. <laughs> but you, as no, but uh, as a black actor, I can be very critical of my fellow black actors <laughs> who are making it. I'm like, why would you do that movie? Why would that? What a terrible choice. Ugh. What movies are you talking about? I will not say. <laughs> <laughs> because then I realize, you know, sometimes we don't get the best role so it's not like it's not it's not everyone's fault I might want a DiCaprio-esque career but Tyler Perry's like sorry I'm the only one who's gonna hire you you know so it is what it is so uh Michael B. Jordan I was just sh- I remember I saw him on a TV show on a TV series he- Friday Night Lights no, 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 he was guest starring on, like, Law and & Order, and I was like, oh, he wasn't that great. Um, sorry, Michael B. Jordan. But then you're going to, you know, love this part. Um, and then I, I saw him in, in Chronicle. I was like, wow, he was pretty good. Chronicles was an awesome movie. Amazing movie. Then I'm like, I see Fruitvale, and he nails it. What I love about his performance in Fruitvale is, you know, this was a lot, a lot of black movies came out this year. Um, he wasn't playing an icon. He wasn't playing a slave. He just played a guy. <laughs> he, that was it. At the end of the day, he was just a guy. Just, you know, trying to get ahead. That was it. That's all it was. And I and I, I love that. I think that it was better than Mandela. I think it's better than... I think it's... I, I, I even like him a little bit better than Chiwetel Ejiofor in 12 Years a Slave. Because I'm like, it's a, it's just a guy, it's just a guy. <laughs> just a human. Can relate to. Yeah, you know. Or can relate better to. Yes, you know, like Mandela, it's an icon. You know, and and uh, told you he's a slave. It's a slave. It's a terrible thing that happens to him. But um, with him, it's just, like, it's just, it's just a guy. <laughs> You know, and it wasn't even like, you know, I'm a black guy. He's like legit just an average run of the run of the mill person. He's not he's not the most he's not the coolest guy in the world, he's not the smartest guy in the world. He just has a heart and that's it. He was an average Joe with a heart. Yeah. And usually in movies when it's a black guy, he has to either be one or the two. He has to be the icon, he has to be the alpha dude, or he has to be a slave. That's all you get in so, black America, so in black Hollywood. Do you think, for you as an actor, are you would you take on those roles of those three categories that you said, or do you want to break that mold and be something different that anyone could relate to? Well, I would, I would, uh, I would combine it. I would take the icon and just make him a dude, and I think you know that's why. That's why Jamie Foxx won an Oscar for Ray. That was great. You know, his he, performance is amazing. Amazing. He just made. He just says, "Okay, I'm not playing an icon. I'm just playing a, <clears throat> a guy who's trying to understand his art." Mm-hmm. 
and I have problems, but I'm I'm just trying to understand my art. That's it. You know, I think Eddie Murphy was the first person, first black actor to just play a guy. You know, because back then it was Sidney Poitier was like the heroic Negro, or we had like you know the the goofy comedic black actors who were cooning you know uncle tomming it up and hey murphy was like listen i'm just a dude you know like what do you want hysterical yes like we're gonna, we gonna be trading places or what you know and <laughs> oh man what a great movie i'm gonna watch it tonight trading to, places yeah, is so good man that was another movie when i saw mm-hmm. it as a child and i'm like this movie's so crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i never understood it when i was younger but now watching it, i'm just like this is 10 times funnier <laughs> <laughs> New Year's Eve, like I was in the gorilla suit? Why? I get it, he was really drunk. <laughs> but we had that, you know, we have Beverly, Beverly Hill Cop, which was absolutely yeah, amazing. Like, Eddie Murphy was a big deal in the 80s. I forget, like, he was a big deal. <laughs> you know, but yeah. like, and if it wasn't for Eddie Murphy, we couldn't have Denzel or Will Smith, you know, who, who have made a career out of playing just guys, you know, or, or they attempt to play just guys. Or Forrest Whitaker, who plays just guy, ordinary dudes and nothing special about. But that's what makes the, the cool thing is that's what makes them special. That they're just regular. Mm-hmm. And it draws us in, you know. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But I was mad that Fruitvale the movie with so much heart, and so much authenticity, didn't doesn't get a nomination. But the, but if you snort coke out of a girl's asshole. Sorry for cursing. If you snort coke out of a woman's, you know, behind, um, you get an Oscar. You get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, just who knows? I think it's who just knows a, what it's, gets into, into it. The it's the politics also, because I think people went like, listen, you you get you had you got Twelve Years a Slave, the ultimate black movie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to nominate the butler. We don't need to nominate Fruitvale. You Negroes be happy. You got the ultimate slave. You got the ultimate black movie. And it's going to win Best Picture and Screenplay and Supporting Actress. Maybe Director, but Steve McQueen's a bit of a character. And he, should, he deserved it, but, you know, Gravity was a better achievement direction-wise, in my opinion. It was intense. Yeah, man. Directing that movie in a performance where you're just like solo, basically. It's like there's so much pressure as an actor to carry the entire film just on you, which is like insane because I can't even imagine just talking for 60 minutes to a microphone, let alone like mm-hmm. two hours. Anyway, like Sandra Bullock was talking about, and like Alfonso Curon, they did some things in just a continuous take. Like, there's no cuts. It's just, this is right here. Just keep talking. Um, I'm going to follow you here. You have to go here on this line. And uh, then you're here for five pages of dialogue. Then we're going to move over there at the end of this line. And they kind of have to do it seamlessly. You know, there's so much technique that goes into it. I think the talent is making the technique seem invisible. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and like just as a, a director, um, also I think for for film, it, there's lots of cuts. Like if we're doing this movie, 
or something like that. Yeah, there's scenes, like, there's cuts, there's everything. Yeah. Yeah, th- we we can do this today. We'll do this another day. Yeah. And then like yeah, we'll do this tomorrow, and it's just one like a whole day is one page. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, with that, it's like, hey, we're doing ten pages today. Tomorrow we're gonna we're we're gonna do fifteen. Tomorrow, then the next day we're doing twenty two. Have your lines memorized for every because I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's an actor who's he's on person of interest, uh, Joseph Melendez, Joe Melendez. He's a Latin actor like you. Um, I'm not an actor. Uh, he's not. Well, you know, I meant by you Latin, Latin, descent. Latin descent. He's like the 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 Spanish Robert Downey Jr. Super talented guy. Um, he said to me, "Which I'm pretty sure we accepted Robert Downey Jr. as one of us." What you got with that, what, with what? that goatee? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he he got a little got that Los Angeles tan. He looks a little Spanish now, but my buddy Joe Melendez is coming to take it back. <laughs> he's like, "I'm taking it back." Take the crown. He's like, "I'm taking the Spanish back," but he just totally he said something to me. He said, "Listen, man, the bigger you get, the more movies you do." And the more money you get paid, the less you will memorize lines. I'm like, no, never. He's like, I'm like, what do you mean? He says, listen, I had to do a TV show series, and I was being paid eight thousand dollars for the week, right? I'm like, the week? <laughs> I like the week. And he says, all I had was four pages to. I mean, I looked at it, so I I knew where I had to go emotionally. But I memorized my lines the day of the shoot. And I was like, damn! <laughs> well, it's not Broadway. You know, it's not something that's, like, continuous and you have to remember the entire play. Mm-hmm. Uh, filming a television show or filming anything is, like, you need you don't need to have your lines memorized. Like, it's just... I you have multiple takes. This and, is true. And if you miss a line... Like, I did a movie with... Um, if it's, like, your hundredth take and you're still screwing up, that's a problem. Oh, yeah, no. But in my head... I don't know sometimes I, I, I you're gonna laugh at me, John, because you you directed me and I have missed lines. I, I I get really upset when I don't know a line or it bothers me. I know you're like just calm down, bro. we're still rolling. It's not you know, yeah, but for me missing a line, if if an actor misses one of my lines, it's like it's not a big deal. We'll just mm-hmm. do it. Just go through the entire scene at the end of it and be like oh I missed that line it's like yeah you did just don't forget it next time yeah yeah. you know um, especially now we don't use film anymore as much we use a lot of like digital media um, everything's digital so it's not like it's gonna cost you money it's just time but yes maybe if you're in a certain time restriction yeah that can be frustrating but for the most part you don't have to spend a buttload of money to film it again or anything like that so yeah they talk about cutting all the now, time and editing now yeah. it's not so stressful if you screw up a line one time like if it's on stage that's a completely different story because you don't get a round two uh, the real round two is the next night <laughs> And that's right. So it's it's completely different. And yeah. I give so much respect to theater actors. So much respect. Because I, act, like, I acted. I was like, oh, I could be an actor. No, I cannot be an actor to save my life. I did uh, a one, was it, uh, a one-part play. And I had to remember the entire lines. And that was when I was probably doing things I shouldn't be doing. So my memory was very bad. <laughs> 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 um, oh, oh, oh. Oh. 
so uh, yeah, so Your memory was bad. Yes. So in a sense, it was hard, and I gave a lot of I just give a lot of props and respect to to people, to stage actors that can memorize you know three hour shows, twice a day sometimes, especially if it's like on a Wednesday you have like the matinee and you have the, the night one. And it's just like jeez, you gotta do this over and over again. Like yeah, man. it's insane. I just you know. Oh, I just remember when I was in high school, when I was in high school, I was nerve. that was my most nerve-wracking, um, that was our reader, um, I just remember being nervous, because I had to, my first play, I had 16 pages, nice. and I was like, and it was at the end of the play, and I was like, oh my god, and it was the hardest thing at the time. Then a year later, I was the lead, you know, and I was, like, literally on stage. I had 60 pages to memorize. It's insane. Especially when you are the lead, because for yeah. one act, I was the lead, which was weird, because mm-hmm. it was, I think, my first time being... Let's just say I'm a very bad stage actor, because <laughs> I don't remember anything. But uh, I think the more you do it, the more you... Re- like, in, in rehearsal, when, you, when I book a show, they say... Don't try to memorize it. Don't try to memorize the lines. Um, just show up and we'll, like, do it. And then just have it memorized by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't do that. I have to, like... They usually just say, just come with the script in hand and just do it. I have to, like, know it. You know, they, they get kind of mad if I... If I... Uh, but I, that's my process. That's, that's how I work. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the more you... with theater you have it's so it's really time consuming yeah, in a yeah, good way yeah. uh like you're rehearsing like 12 like nine hours like 40 40 to 60 hours a week you're rehearsing and drilling it and doing it like it just after a month imagine of six days a week nine hours a day it becomes a part of your body <laughs> yeah it gets you know? pretty intense yeah it just it just comes muscle out. memory almost yeah, it just, it just flows out, you yeah. know? Um, so, it's like, it's not that... For, the, for me, the, when, when we're doing it on that scale, it's not that huge of an issue to memorize it. If it's like, yo, we're, we gotta have this play up in two weeks, you know, I think the last thing I auditioned for, I had to memorize a lot of stuff. And it was a callback, and it was for a play in New York City. And they said, you gotta memorize, like, this entire act. And I was like, okay. He said, no, 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 no. You have to memorize the entire act or we're gonna have problems. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Okay, so I think I posted a photo of myself on Instagram. Um, Very self, uh, funny, a funny selfie of me just, like, passing out into a script. (laughs) Because I was just like, I I can't, I can't with this. I was up, I only got two hours of sleep, had to memorize everything. And I showed up to the audition, and the guy stopped me a few times, not because of a line problem, just because he wanted to, like, put me in adjustment. Like I said before, when you're doing these auditions, you know, you're a little bit excited, you're a little nervous, and you might flub uh, the first take or something like that. And I kind of got mad because he made me do... He gave me so much direction. He he didn't make me do anything else. <laughs> I was like, I memorized... Actually, no, no, no. I memorized all this stuff, and we didn't get... It's fine. As long as I do good work, because it's different when you're auditioning versus performing. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a 
a really big difference because when you're just practicing, the other one you're actually in it. In it. Yeah, like Christian Bell said something to me. He said, "I was me and Christian Bell were hanging out. You guys were having uh, some coffee. Yeah, no, it was on his YouTube channel. It was on YouTube, and he said like I hate auditioning. I hated auditioning. I was the I was told that he said he said uh, me and uh, Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin were voted the worst auditioners by MGM Studios. Nice. And I was like, really? I'm like, you guys, you, you guys have Oscars. Um, and he explained why he was bad at auditioning. He says, you know, the last thing I had to audition for was Batman. And usually with, with a movie, okay, I wake up, I go, the clothes are there for me, I've rehearsed it a million times with the director and the other actors, and I can get in the head of the character. When I show up to an audition, I'm like, I'm not the character. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to walk in. I'm still me. So it's like, it's such phony, and it's so embarrassing, too. Um, actually, watch his audition for Batman. He thinks he did a bad... I think he was brilliant. He, like, nailed it. He was wearing Val Kilmer's uh, costume. Okay. And he, Not the George Clooney nip ones? No, no, no. Val, <laughs> Val, the, the Val Kilmer one uh, at the end of Batman Forever. Ooh. Um, and it's, he's, like, sweating in it and all that stuff. And the makeup's... Uh, and, like, the, it's, it's old. It's, like, it's from, it's from 1996. So the ears are, like, shaking and all that stuff. But he's, like, swear to me. And, like, the ears are... Even, like... But, like, you take him seriously. <laughs> And he wasn't, like, Chris Nolan said something interesting. He's, like, he said, like, he wasn't trying to act it. He was just trying to project. He knew when he was Batman. Yeah. He had to project, like, a certain... It kind of makes me want to do our thing all over again. Um, he said he just was... Nope. Damn. <laughs> he, he wasn't, like, trying to act. It was something different. Like, he was just trying to just project something. Like, this animalistic... Um, Thing. Instinct almost. Yeah, like he said when he become mini because he he put on the bat suit. He's like, I can't just, I can't like, act. I can't do like a normal like scene. Like when we're just, if we're just gonna act. When when Bruce Wayne has this, if a grown ass man puts this on, something's gonna, something's happening to him. Ben Affleck, take notes. Stop lifting weights and take notes. <laughs> And stop smoking cigarettes and take notes. Calm smoking. I'm like, really? Bruce Wayne doesn't smoke cigarettes. Anywho. But he just uh, became an animal, he said. Cool. All he right. said, I'm going to act like a beast. I'm going to growl when I speak. You know, and I'm going to have a... And he said he did He did, he did, he did his research. He only had two, like two... He had about a month. Because he, he finished... He was 121 pounds. The machinist. Or yeah, yeah, and then he's Chris Nolan's like, listen, I want you to <clears throat> be. I I want you personally. Yeah. But uh, you got an audition. Yeah. And he's like, that's fine. And he says, can I can I have time? He's like, all right, you you can have time. But there's other actors I'm seeing, and it was Guy Pearce and uh, what's his name, who actually the other another actor who ended up being the Scarecrow. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He auditioned for it, and that's that's weird. That's Bruce Wayne. And he looks even weirder as Batman. There's a whole screen that's on you. No, it's not on YouTube, but it's on the DVD. Mm. It just looks just it looks so weird as Batman. 
And Henry Cavill auditioned as Batman. He's going to be a young Batman. Superman. The new Superman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's um, when you're auditioning, it's like you're, it's like you're just... Because for this audition, especially when I have to go on tape... You know, I, I get a little bit. I get a little bit insecure, um, but I went back and just looked at uh, old actor audition tapes, like with Leonardo DiCaprio or James Frank, and they showed the people that got it. That everyone who who got it got the part. Um, so it was like Leonardo DiCaprio for like this boy's life, and one was Tom Cruise for Risky Business, and I don't watch Game of Thrones. But the two British chicks from Game of Thrones, James Franco from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, the only one they showed where the actor didn't get the part was Robert Downey Jr. for Backdraft. <laughs> and it was like, I was I'm like watching it. He, he was playing like a, a guy who was like serious and in the army. I'm like, what is he doing here? <laughs> what? Uh, like him? This guy, I, I, I don't believe Robert Downey Jr. would, would, would uh, be a firefighter? No, but he's like he's like he's really doing it. He's really committing to it. When you watch the audition, and there's one with uh, Kate Winslet, but hers was a screen test for Titanic. And she like nails it. But you know, a screen test is different from an actual audition. Yeah. Like screen test, the director's there, and it's almost like they're in production yeah. for it. It's like they're doing a scene mm -hmm. from the movie. Yeah, and that's you know. Good luck to you. I hope this happens, and I hope you get many more. And you know, anytime uh, minus a few hours of CP time. Uh. It, it's been a crazy week. Okay, <laughs> it's the last time I was on time. All we, right, we we hashed it out by recording a podcast. Yes. Um, yes. 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 But thank yes. you for coming on the show, David. This is Get Off Malone Geeks podcast, and my guest, David Crowdson, number two, because the second time. That's on this right. Podcast. This second time on this podcast, we're coming at you from Bridgewater, Bridgewater Library. That's right. We gangsters in the soundproof room. That's how I do. David Crowdson, Jonathan Piaz, zero eight eight seven six nine zero eight. 732 Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear me. I'll give a damn. You can find David Crownson on Twitter if you want to hear more of this awesome stuff at D Crownson. Uh, also, Instagram D Crownson. Yes. Your Vine, I'm assuming, is D Crownson as well. Yes. So, D Crownsing it up. And, Look out uh, for me in the in, insurgent. <laughs> thank you for tuning in and uh, geek on, everybody. Geek right. on, y'all. <laughs> Thank you.